dun 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 I can't do it right. Do you know what I'm singing? Wait. You thought you did. I thought I did. What do you what was your guess? Um what is it? It's like I don't know. What is you like the band you like? The band I like. You two or Coldplay? Oh, that geriatric millennial band I like, Taylor? Is that what you mean? You want to explain that to listeners? Yeah. You are a geriatric millennial. That's, By somebody's definition. That's, out there. I don't know Wait, was who. 80 to 81 to 85, is that right? Uh-huh. What year are you? 86? 87. Okay. Mm. Well, you, um, you boomer millennial, soon to be geriatric millennial. Careful. You seem to be in a glass house there. Uh, yeah, we all, aren't we all, though? Um, that Twitter, you were on Twitter this week and sent me a thing, an article, and it said something about geriatric. But it was nice about geriatric. Yeah, no, I, I mean it was just geriatric is a word that has a connotation. <laughs> but I feel like you're always talking about, like, not wanting to. Yeah, and I chose zenial. That's much oh, more yeah. cool than geriatric millennial. <laughs> you think I have an easy time turning forty this summer, and then you'd spoonful oh that onto me again. When is your birthday? July 23rd. Oh, so you'll be Michael Jordan. here or no? Michael Jordan. Um, I will be... It's a Friday and Lindsay has a conference that day. Okay. So I have to be home okay. with kids probably. But you'll be in Waco. Yes. We're thinking about maybe that night flying out somewhere. <gasps> oh my gosh. Because it's our anniversary is the next day too. Oh, yes. But 40 is a big deal. Yeah. And I want to be on the beaches of one of the Great Lakes at some point. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't really care where. Where are y'all going? Where are y'all going this summer? Before that, Washington. Washington. State. We're doing like a bunch of state par- or national parks on the way up, and then on the way over, Glacier, Rainier, Olympic, Arches, Zion, those things. Wow. Because we're going through Utah. The West has a lot of parks. That'll be a beautiful trip. It'll be a big one. I just didn't. If realize. it works out here. If it works out. I mean, we got all of our places booked and I need to request time off, but I'm assuming okay. it'll all work yeah. out. Yeah. You think they're going to deny your time off? I don't know. Are you going to deny your own time off? Yeah. <laughs> Who would deny the time off? I don't think we have anything in the handbook where <laughs> I have to get my own time off approved. Oh, okay. You I think just I bear the pressure of... Denying you know, time off. Well, and it's like, am I putting the church in a bad position by taking this time off? Right. I have to police that. Well, the song, the geriatric band, oh, the right. geriatric millennial band was Coldplay. Yeah. And the song was, dun, 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 I don't know. What, what is that song? I don't know. I've never, both those bands I said I, that I know are like really great. People mm-hmm. love them. I don't really get them. Yeah. I think that's on the Viva La Vida album, isn't it? Okay. Well, I just said, I don't know. Well, let me. Bum, just... bum, bum, ba, dum, bum, 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 bum. Play it for us. Song? Well, I'm. I'm um, and I, can't oh, I think that even is the name of the song. The world. Yeah, that's it. Da, da, da. Viva. Yeah. It's Viva La Vida. You know why that's in my head? Why? Because um, Roy has been starting to play the piano. Like, he's picking it up by ear and just. Oh, cool. Will not pay for lessons. And um, he. That's one of the things he does with chords. Yeah, uh even that album Viva La Vida came out and I think it would have been oh eight. Yeah, sounds right. Oh nine, somewhere in there. When I was in college. And it's an album that has a very strong impression on a time of my life. 
Like it really reminds you of something? Yeah. Like I listened to it a lot. We had just moved into our first house. We had Roy. Had Roy. Okay. In Waco? Yeah. And our neighbors. So it had been a year after we moved in. We moved, yeah. We moved in in the 07 or 08. And I remember because the that mu- music video was a lot about Bush. Oh, and, really? Yeah. That was towards the end of his presidency and the war in Iraq. And it was very critical of all that. But um, anyhow. Um, my neighbors at the time were two UBCers who were renting the house next to us and we'd go oh, hang out with them all the time. And it oh was Paola, who's one of my favorites. Uh-huh. And I remember like processing that album with her. So it's just, you know, like Actune Baby came out in 1992. Uh-huh. That's another album for me, like defines a time in my life. Oh yeah, I guess. Cause you were like nine. I was 11. Nine or 10? 11. 11. Wow. I'm so. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I'm geriatric. I keep getting confused. So there it was. Okay. That's fun. I'm trying to think now of, I put my phone, oh, well, I didn't put my phone, but something happened and it was just on shuffle this morning when I was driving Kathleen somewhere and it was a lot of music from when I was in college. Like, you know, just sort of like singer, songwriter people. Well, I don't know if you know, but uh, we would get a lot of people that would come through Arkadelphia. We didn't get like big bands or whatever but we would have a lot of like singer songwriter like trying to make it in nashville kind of people who would go on tour and just go to like little colleges kind of all across the south Mm -hmm. and so i have a lot of like one or two songs from like people i never heard of again but they really define like that season and that time which is fun isn't that weird how music can do that to you yeah i've heard once that smells the strongest sense in terms of recollection the past i believe that like a smell can take you right to a specific place and moment i believe that yeah in your head mm-hmm. um taylor you know what dominated the news cycle on my feed this week israel and palestine yeah and you know what i realize what i only have a cursory knowledge of it yeah here's my question okay and and i asked this knowing that we politicized masks we've politicized so many things right it seems to me that this conflict has a good ba- good guy bad guy thing among my liberal and conservative friends and it's flipped you mean like that your liberal friends feel very strongly that one person is the bad guy that one party is the bad yeah, guy and, vice and your conservative friends feel that the other yeah. party is the bad guy and i'm just like I think I know enough about the political reality to know that, statistically speaking, Palestinians are the marginalized people in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the land situation is very messy. Yeah. Like, and that's the whole thing, right? You're looking at a story that's rooted in a story that's four, ten thousand 10,000 years old. Well, um, I was reading some this week, and it was like, you know, I think there's been conflict off and on forever but it was like a fish i mean it was like a fairly peaceful place until the creation of the new israel recently i mean in the and that was the 40s 40s or 50s so what's the story it was after world war ii Mm -hmm. that place was given to israel yeah and what was it before that palestine but what was it like that's always my question though but what was it before that but what was it you know what i mean do you mean like that forever? Well, yeah, I mean, right? Because they were fighting about this and the, like that was the thing back in literally biblical times. They were fighting over this land. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, Israel, 
I mean, by the New Testament, Israel is colonized. Do you know what I mean? It's not really its own place. It's part of mm-hmm. Rome. Yeah. So. And remind me again, why for Palestinian, do they, does that place have the same religious history that it does for Jews? Well, Palestinians are uh, not uh, tightly, tightly bound to one religion. There are Christian Palestinians, there are Jewish Palestinians, and there are Muslim Palestinians, and there are even more, you know. So it, it's it's almost more nationalistic than religious. If there's Jewish Palestinians, it's not about being Jewish. It's about being Israel within that border or not. Mm-hmm. That's okay. what I read. That like the narrative that it's a religious conflict is a little bit um, is sort of like propaganda of the Israeli state. Mm. That like again, I am not, I mean, I think we both would confess, I am not an expert. Yeah. I'm quoting some things that I have read and researched, but I could, my understanding could very well be wrong. But something I read this week said that it's like, it's easier to explain away a messy thing by saying like, this has been a religious conflict for thousands and thousands of years uh-huh. than it is to say like, um, do you know why this particular flare up started? I don't know. I don't know. So here's my broad banner question. Okay. This is going to seem insensitive, and I suppose it is. Okay. Why does this particular conflict in such a small part of the world get so much attention every time there's conflict? And I mean this knowing, like, there's, I don't know, I'm going to make this number up. I mean, reach, like, there's hundreds of thousands, no, there are thousands of people that die every day all over the world for all kinds of reasons. Right. Some of it's disease. But a lot of it is war, right? Right. Like, not like sure. not government sanctioned wars, but guerrilla right. warfare, different things. Yeah. Why is this conflict get so much time in our airstreams? Um. You know, I don't know the answer to that question, but I. Is it because of Christian Zionism in America? I think that is part of it for sure. But there's also the socio political piece where I think, if I understand this correctly. We feel, and I'm we, we wouldn't include ourselves, but like American, sure, American foreign policy feels like we need Israel's presence in the Middle East. Yes, that's also a factor. Yes, because of the pro democracy kind of right. Okay, so that has made us bedfellows in a way that makes some people very angry. Yes, well, and then yeah, so then Israel was created. I mean, this version of Israel, right, was created in the. Either 40s or 50s. I think it was 40s. After World War II. Um, and the, th- the thing I get confused about is it does not seem like there was a plan <laughs> for all the people who were living. Like a peaceable plan? Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy is I remember when we were down in Cuba. Mm-hmm. And remember, what was our guy's name? Ruben. Ruben talking about the different attitudes towards the... United shift States? in power. Oh yeah. With within Cubans, like there's a general, and it was whoever had their st- kind of stuff stripped away. Yeah. Obviously, it's a bad thing. For those for whom equality became a good deal, it was a good thing. Yeah. And there's a total different attitude. To, it, it seems like a, a similar thing, where you just have a foreign entity kind of reassign the distribution of goods, wealth, land. Yeah. Unilaterally. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, that could suck. But then here's my question. Okay. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Okay. Assuming most of our listeners are liberals and that side of things. 
So I had a friend when I was in summer camp. So I was in college. Mm -hmm. And she took a Israel-Palestinian conflict class. And I remember talking to her about it. And I was just assuming the posture of learner. And she said, and I'm, I very well could be remembering this wrong, but that Israel, the nation of people, was mm-hmm. offered like a land in Egypt somewhere, like all their own, and it could have happened. Maybe it was in Egypt somewhere, North Africa, uh-huh. and it could have been great. But there's part of me like, but wait a minute, all of us have a very strong sense and tie to place. So I get wanting to be restored to the land that you felt like was yours. Yeah. Not saying that it's right or good or easier what happened was, but I like I, I get the like, like I don't know what's the place uh, you just wouldn't want to live in the world. I wouldn't. Yeah. Northern um, Canada. Yeah. So it's like Taylor, you, your family, your thousands of friends. We're just gonna re- relocate you to North Saskatchewan. There's not much for infrastructure or beauty there, but you'll have your needs met, and right. we're just gonna do that. Right. You would miss Texas. I would. You would be like, no, Texas is my home. I was just talking to Risa about this yesterday. Oh, sorry to reproduce the conversation. With you. <laughs> well, it was about, um, no, it was about like global warming. Oh, yeah. And how she was saying by like 2060 or something, they're saying that like from northern Oklahoma to I don't remember where, it'll be like sort of inhabitable, uninhabitable. Yeah. And I was saying I was very sad. I would be very sad to leave Texas. Yeah. I would be even more sad to have to move to northern Canada. But so my, I get it. To my question, though, you don't know why there's been an inordinate amount of attention to this conflict versus other conflicts? Well, I think what's hard for me to know is, like, is that true globally or is that true in America? Oh, that's a good question. Is that an American news cycle thing? Right, yeah. Oh, good. Counter question. Oh, thank you. That's some good journalism there. <laughs> yeah, so I just don't have the answer to that because I do know, right, that, like, evangelical christianity is sort of obsessed american evangelical christianity is sort of obsessed with israel right. well and i think too um i suppose what is true about this conflict is it's maybe the only one that's this consistently going on in what we consider the western world yeah and it's kind of the gateway to the west yeah i think so but like when yugoslavia was it Bosnia? Well, that was a conflict. We were talking about that. Uh-huh. But like other regions of the world, we don't consider... It's not our way of life, so maybe we don't pay as much attention to yeah. those conflicts. Or it just seems really far away or yeah, whatever. I don't know. Yes, I think that's all true. Um, yeah, and I think it's just an attentions thing, right? We pay attention to things yeah. we care about. And... But like, for example, way more people are dying of COVID right now in India. Mm-hmm. That That is a disaster on a scale that... It, Far, 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 far out exceeds what's happening yes. in Israel, Palestine in terms of life loss. I do think that I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of articles about India, though. Um, but do you feel like it's in the news cycle and our attentions there in the same way? No, um, but I think that's because I mean I think war is a thing that journalists like to write about. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That I think war is a thing that. Catches the attention of the American public. But I'm going to push past that, though. But it's like okay. in my Twitter feed, it's not journalists. It's it's a certain sect of Christian people who are throwing their emotional selves behind this particular conversation right now. Well, and I think, well, I have multiple things. I think we've become a little numb to COVID yep, for true. better or for worse. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that, but I think that, well, there are a lot of layers to this conflict as far as like the idea that. Israel is like a settler country in the way that America is also like, you know, that 
they have gone and taken, I saw someone say this, that if we talk about Israel and what they have done, which is essentially go into a land, take it over from a people who have lived there for millennia, um, then we have to also start talking about America and how America did that. Mm -hmm. Like how Americans or most people who think yeah, of themselves as Americans. There you go. Have, yeah. Taylor with the, the fire emojis today <laughs> on your good points. Well, I just, I, you know, it's been everywhere. I feel like I've been reading about it a lot. Yeah. And so. Okay. So that is also part of why America feels the need to. I think there's some psychological stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Taylor, thanks for helping me understand the Israel-Palestinian conflict a little no, better. Again. I, Maybe yeah. we could get a specialist That's a good convo. Oh, that would be fun. There's got to be somebody at Baylor. Yeah, who do they, could Do you think they'd us. give us the time? Um, maybe. I wonder how big of a dealer podcast is. I think it's global. Yeah. Okay. This is, yeah. I have a different thought for you. Okay, great. This could turn into a small fight. Great. I love it. So I was thinking about myself. Okay. And this is the, I'm just going to give you this stream of consciousness that won't make sense, but then I'll back into it. Okay. So I was thinking about Dogecoin and my relative small risk. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Thinking about our conversation with capitalism. Okay. I was thinking about one time when I was first learning how to play poker type games and games where you bet. Uh huh. Um, so let me explain this. Uh, there's a game called Between the Sheets. This is 2004 card or five. Game? Yep. Okay. And the way it works is there are two cards flipped over, and they're like the edges of your parameters. Okay. So if it's like a three and a seven, you're it's very small. Then right. you only have four, five, six. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if it's king and two. It's very it good. Okay, great. So um, what you do is you have to put in a nickel or something where you're playing to flip the cards. Like, so you put it in the pot. Okay. Right? Yeah. And I, I don't remember how the game. Maybe you can pass. I don't remember. Okay. Um, but if if it's like really... Oh, I know what it is. If you have to bet, I think the pot to win the pot. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you hit... Your card flipped over in between them, you win the pot. Okay. If it's outside of it, you lose it. If you match one of the edges, uh -huh. it's you lose or you have to pay in double. Okay. Okay. So I'm playing this one time, uh -huh. and I am dirt poor, okay. and I can win two fifty. Uh huh. So I put in two fifty uh -huh. because I have five total. Okay. And I'm like, what's the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is that. Um, a king or a two could be flipped, uh -huh. and then I have to pay five dollars. Okay. 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 Most okay. people would just see that and just be like, "Oh yeah, hell yeah." Yeah. But I had five dollars when we were poor. I'm like, I can't lose more than I have. Right. Right. So I needed an ace to lose or to really lose a king or two. Okay. okay. Uh -huh. It's flipped. You know what it was? Uh, two. It was a king. Okay. So I lost my five. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So my point being, I'm very, very, very risk averse, and I play it very, very safe. Okay. All right. That was like a one-time situation. But that's indicative of how I've done my whole life. Okay. I think about the extremes and I build my... This is my point. Okay. I build safety around the extremes. Okay. You're not going to catch me. I'm going to have insurance. Right. Okay? Right. Yeah. So um, I was thinking that probably flows out of two things. Okay. One, I'm a future-oriented person. Right. Two, I'm self-preserving. Okay. My subtype. It's yeah. very, very dominant. Yeah. Okay. My point is, I think this maybe explains some of my hesitancy about socialism and my attitude towards capitalism. Oh, okay. Because I think 
I assume everybody should just be prepared for and live with consequences. Now, I know that's a super privileged statement. Sure. But I think that's like the subtle thing at work in my head. So I have an example. Okay. I remember one year, I'll say the name, I don't think he'll care. Jacob Robbins and I were talking when he was still working for UBC. Uh-huh. And we were talking about loan forgiveness. Uh-huh. And it was just mind-blowing to me that this is even a thing. Loan forgiveness? Yes. Okay. Because I'm like, why would you take out the loan if in the future you thought, I'm not going to be able to pay, pay this back? Right. I just couldn't get it. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just sharing with you like where I think this thread comes within within me. Because you're like, why would someone not be prepared? Yeah. It's like if you're in a position where your best option now is to have the thing paid, you didn't think through it. Yeah. Right? No. Not right. Well, I didn't think you'd agree with me. I'm just <laughs> Well, I think the thing is like, but... Um, okay. Here's a story for you. Yeah. That I was... That someone was telling me about. It's a person they know. Who, um, her and her husband had two kids. Mm -hmm. And the clinic that she went to in town, mm -hmm. um, that where she got free birth control, wherever it was, yeah, stopped handing out free birth control. Okay. They just stopped for some reason. A loan ended or, you know, whatever. And she went to, so this is, makes us look bad tangentially. She went to her pastor and said, like, I need help buying more birth control or something and he was like no you don't need birth control um and also you like you should never uh well, how did he phrase it like you should never reject your husband's advances when he tries to have sex with you what the heck? how can you do both those things what the right? hell kind of story is this well so that's i mean it's a truth it's a, is this this a, a real story? person no it wasn't a wake is it like a baptist church I don't know. Was it a conservative Baptist church? It was a conservative church. Of course, church. that was the dumb response. Okay, that's very dumb. But also, this is the truth of her life. So, she gets pregnant again. While she's pregnant, her company fires her, which is illegal, but still happens all the time. In Texas, that's illegal? I think it's legal everywhere. No, nah, Texas, you can fire whoever you want, whenever you want. Okay, no, you cannot fire a pregnant woman for being pregnant. Oh, they fired her because she was pregnant. Well, <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? They're always going to say, like, yeah, no, no, it's because... Well, my da -da. point is Texas is the Wild West. We have no laws. You can do whatever <laughs> you want, especially if you're in power. I hate Greg Abbott so much. Um, yes, okay, so this is true. But technically, legally, the law says... You cannot fire I'm not even a lawyer, and I could win that case for the company. <sighs> okay, fine. Okay. I see, I, your point is granted. Okay, thank you. Legally, you cannot fire a woman because she has gotten pregnant. Uh -huh. And um, But she does get fired. She loses yeah. her job. Yep. Um, and then I think this is like 2008 or something. So her husband also loses his job because of the recession. Oh, yeah. And... Um, they can't find a, they lose their house. They can't find a shelter to live in because they're either, they allow children or they allow like men and women. And so her husband has to go far away. Mm -hmm. They like never, they just never recover. And eventually um, she became addicted to drugs and her kids got taken away from her. Oh gosh, this is a horrible story. I know. But it's also like, do you have a hard time? believing that story like no. it was one thing and so that's what i'm saying when it comes to like i'm when it comes to loan forgiveness or when it comes to sort of like equal distribution of goods like we are right now living in a society that is so 
um, lopsided, right? Uh-huh. That it's like so many people are just teetering on the edge. Why are you smiling? Um, no, I'm thinking. These are uh, good points. And that are just like so many people are teetering on the edge of like because one clinic where she got her birth control from like um, stopped having free birth control. She like her life kind of sp- spiraled apart. Okay, so connected to loan forgiveness now. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know that. Okay, I can I can probably connect it to loan forgiveness, but also it's just as like generally, if we had loan forgiveness, is sort of like a um a thing that changes people's lives. It is a safe right at this point. It would be a safety net for people to like sort of. Um, you know, sort of recharge their own earning capacity, their earning and spending capacity in the in, in the economy, for the record. But it's like we live in a society where there are very few social safety nets, and still people are saying there's too many. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if we lived in a society where there were social safety nets, and if instead of like her losing birth her birth control that caused her life to spiral out if she could if she knew of a place she could very easily go and get more free birth control yeah. then that's a very different story and this i mean is the, the economist to me just gets so frustrated cause it's like if the government would have made a 25 dollar month investment they wouldn't have to deal with probably yeah thousands of dollars a month later devastation yeah definitely because i know how much it costs to put kids in foster care systems right um and so i just think that that's terrible is this person doing any better um i that was the end of the story they told me so i don't know i hope so oh you don't know the person personally no i know the person who knew the person oh well we need to follow up okay maybe we can make it either this or a marathon drive and get that lady back on her feet yeah um well okay that's all i agree with everything you said about safety nets and all of it okay i think loan forgiveness is different (laughs) okay that's fair except i mean like i understand let me grant a point you said we're at a a, a, like a lopsided lopsided i agree and i see the things like here's minimum wage in the 70s here's tuition in the 70s here's minimum wage now here's tuition now totally agree you know what that means for me what i don't go to college because trade schools actually are paying more money for fine arts jobs anyways. And I'm like, just do the long-term math over my life of what it's going to cost me, how long it's going to take back, what I'll make versus what I can get right away in trade school. And I make that decision. Yeah. That's the future self-preserving. Like, am I going to be miserable vocationally? Maybe. But that was every generation before us anyways. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. I agree with you. I don't think that's the message society is telling people. Like, you should just go to a trade school instead of... Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Schools are trying to get money. And so, but then I... So it's like, I think we have a lot... um, Over the last two, maybe, kind of generations, both Gen X and Millennials, we've got a lot of first time... Like, I, you know, like, I'm the first person in my family to go to college. So they do not have parental support. Because their parents didn't go to college and they don't, you know, they don't know the ins and outs of like getting a scholarship or taking out a reasonable loan versus an unreasonable loan. You have a lot of 17 and 18 year olds and people are saying, the loan people are saying to them, this is a good loan. Okay, this this is making more sense. Okay. (laughs) That's a narrative I can see. Yeah. Like you don't, it's first generation, they don't really know what they're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. 
They just think, oh, yeah, I'll be able to pay this back. Yeah. Well, and the loan people are saying, like, you know, it'll take a while, but you'll well, pay back. Well, but here's the difference then. And this is, again, I'm, now I'm not making commentary on society. I'm commenting on myself. Okay. But so I'm a freshman at right. the school that my sister just successfully went to. I suppose isn't through and hasn't paid back her money yet. Right. But my parents are very much part of the process. They've, I'm the fourth one. We've all gone to private schools now. Right. And, and the finance guy comes out and gives this talk to everybody. Like, you need to be honest about whether or not you're going to be able to pay this back. And I'm, like, freaking out. And I'm like, well, shoot, I know my parents have me here, but maybe I won't be able to pay this back. Yeah. Like, should, Mom, I'm going to call you. Like, like I have this response. Truett showed us a similar video that we all, like, it was like. Um, There's got to be a legal thing they have to do that or something. I Yes, but I think that's new. I mean, I think that's in the last 10 years or no, something. No, because I went to college in 2000 and whatever. Yeah, I guess that's true. 20, yeah, I, 20 years? Although maybe I just skipped that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I should also say... Go ahead. I'll cut you off. Well, and I was just going to say that it's like... and maybe, But maybe the person, if you, if your parents are not really helping, not because they don't love you or care about you, but because they don't know how to, do you know what I mean? Then maybe the person you call is your loan officer. And your loan officer says to you, oh, don't worry about it. They show everyone those videos yeah. to scare them or something like that. Yeah. I More self-reflection. I also think like the Dave Ramsey stuff uh-huh. for me is like... Of course I'm trying to save as much money as I can. Of course these are areas I can save. Of course I would put this in a Roth IRA. You know, like that sort of stuff. It's like, maybe that's my bent. Right. Is living. Exactly. Yeah. And I do think that's true. I mean, I think you are the type of person who just like, yeah, it's part of your nature. But there are people who like, they've just never thought about it. You know what I mean? It's not the type of thing that they sit around and think about a lot. Because of who they are. Yeah. And I've learned that about future or uh, present orientation time people and the other kinds. And I'm learning. Well, and I don't think even all future orientation people are. That's like... true. I have known some sevens whose lives are disasters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, okay. Well, thanks for indulging me. Of course. Hey, there's a That's gas fun, shortage. Actually. Is that true? Okay. I don't know. I don't I, that know. didn't make any sense to me because my gas didn't go up. No, I think it's not hit Texas yet. It's going to hit us? I don't know. But I did just, I saw someone say, like, we don't actually have a gas shortage. It's just that you dummies keep going to buy gas. Like, if you would, like, it was the, like, oh, the, it's kind of like the, the toilet, toilet paper. paper. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just learning that I've used almost all the storage space on this. Oh, no. So if we get cut off in the middle, that'll be sad. I wonder where all the stuff is. Okay, back to me. Okay. Um, because I saw like Carolinas or whatever are out of gas and all this. And stuff. Virginia. Yeah, I'm like, how are, my gas hasn't even gone up? No, I don't think so. Okay, hey, great news. Oh, good. I love one great of my news. top ten shows of my life. Uh huh. Was the Wonder Years. Oh yeah. There's a reboot happening. Oh really? And it's gonna be an African American family. Oh, love that. I guess who's the dad in the family? I don't know. Dulé Hill. Oh, are you joking? No. Dulé Hill. Isn't this going to be great? Oh, my god! A show I love with a thing I love. Have you, um, have you, what is her name? Danica Patrick? Or is that the racer? That's the racer. Danica Miller? Oh, the girl that was Gwenny Cooper? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I know her. Um, have you run into her yet on the West Wing? No. She's there. She's going to show up on the West Wing? She is. 
I'm very excited about that. I'll be honest, I kind of stopped the West Wing for now. I know, but you have to push It was through. a pandemic lunch show, so I'm going to have to find two. Another two, time yeah. to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, cool. uh, here's the thing. Okay. Um, I, this is terrible almost that I'm reporting this. Okay. But I'm just fascinated by the punchline. Okay. Okay, so you know how if you're on your iPhone and you just like... I, my thing lately is I scan the news stories because uh-huh. you get like really interesting stories you'd never see otherwise. Like the Apple News? So there's this person, lady, woman. Okay. And this is, I don't know how people feel, tragic, terrible. Person, lady, woman. Um, who um, wrote in a sermon in 2017 that she was bisexual and some other controversial position, I guess, whatever. What? So she's Lutheran. I'm assuming not ELCA. I didn't dig deep enough to find out. Okay. But her, I don't know however this church works, said they... They edited her sermon. Like, nobody reads my sermons before I give them. But whatever. However this works. Okay? Before she gave it? Yeah. So that was like the impetus for her to leave the church. Okay? Okay. Well, she becomes a life coach and a stripper. Oh, okay. And um, she does the kind of stripping, I don't know this world, where you have personal subscribers. Oh, like she can... has an OnlyFans. That's exactly what it is. How yeah. did you know about that? Oh. That's not an accusation. I don't know. Uh, oh, people talk about it a lot on TikTok, I guess. OnlyFans? Yeah. So you can pay for your sp- specific kind of stripper you want? It's like a, a Patreon, but like for <laughs> sexual things. Really? Mm-hmm. What's it called? OnlyFans. That's wild. It okay, is. Okay, this is the punchline. Okay. Guess how much money she makes now? A ton, probably. Guess how Hundreds much? of thousands of dollars. She makes over $100,000 a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it. Isn't that crazy? And so I'm like, what are these billionaires paying us? No, it's $15 a subscription yeah. a month. And so like, that's a lot of people. $100,000 a month. Yeah. I know. Josh is... If there was any interest in me, I would create a <laughs> fans-only website in a hot second. I would totally only fans, sell out. Only fans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's apparently a booming industry. That is insane. Yeah, I know. $100,000. Wow. Uh, I know. So, I know. Isn't I have it? to tread lightly because the porn industry is something I don't understand at all. And I know. It's more complex than I'd like to just have my flipping comments addressed. I was talking to, yeah, I was talking to Risa and Brie about it yesterday. We were talking about, while well, we were talking about prostitution. And because I recently listened to an uh, episode of the West Wing Weekly, which is the podcast about the show. Mm-hmm. And they, it was a bunch of international lawyers talking about the definition of prostitution and how... They recently changed the definition of prostitution to include the word coerced mm-hmm. or or maybe they were going to or they're trying to and people are disagreeing because they're saying it will make it harder. Like, you know, if you have, for instance, if you have a brothel and you have 10 women who are working at the brothel and saying like, uh, yes, well, I mean, I think we've talked some about this, who are saying like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is the choice I've made for my life. Yeah. And someone comes in to do like a check, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever. It's like you would only show them those 10 women, but it's like potentially a place like that could have in the back, like right. people who are not mm-hmm. making that choice freely for themselves. And so these international lawyers were saying it will make it harder to find the places that are like, yeah. you know, doing I, that's my thing is stuff. like, 
obviously, um, I do think there is real agency for some women in this industry. Sure. And empowerment. Mm -hmm. I don't can't imagine that. Well, that I'm, is what some women seem to be yes. saying. So I'm and not, I trust them about their yeah, own. Yeah, I'm not going to prescribe. Right. But it's like this is the same industry that is um, putting children in really awful, right, hellish circumstances. Yeah. And so it's like. Yeah, well, um, we're going to legalize marijuana, even though we know that they're selling meth out of the back of these places. This is a bad analogy, but it's like... Right, because I don't think that's happening. No, 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 but I'm saying... It's right, like, but if it was, sure. <clears throat> so I just can't get past any of this stuff. I, yeah. I th I, I'm not saying I think this former... But it's wild, too, because she's a former pastor. Yeah. And now she's a now she's fans-only stripper. Only fans. Making over a million dollars a year. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. that. No, not over a million. Yeah, there's 12 months. She's over $100,000 a month. Oh, that's true. Yep. Over a million like dollars. Like it's 1.2. Technically, yes. she's making over 100000 every yes. month. Two things I would do in a heartbeat. Write <laughs> Joel Olstein books and put myself on fans only. You could definitely write like a way better book than Joel's. No, I, no, I'm saying write that kind of book to sell it to make that kind of money. I know. I'm saying that I it would, would definitely do it. But it would be like good. No, that's if the point. If you wrote it. If you want to make that much money, it can't be. It has be... to be bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to that story with me. All right. Um, well, the only other that thing is. That was kind is... of fun because I knew some of the things. That I was like, trying Like I to got explain. to guess some of the things. Like I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Fans only? <laughs> only fans. Only fans? Yeah. All right. I'll start my website. So. <laughs> that's going to be a story in Wago. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> yep. Uh, no, not really, because you want to know what happened. The majority of the people those time like, oh, I knew that church was liberal. This doesn't, <laughs> this doesn't surprise me at all. Like, you know what? It seems I saw that coming. Obviously, we knew that was going to happen. Okay, uh, Taylor. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about this? Oh. I, I'm trying not to script it, but you um you made a comment before we started about a thing a line from my sermon. Oh yeah. This would probably be good to talk about too, because I have another angle to come at this from. Because I thought it was funny. Yeah, you and Jamie laughed pretty hard. We all did. And I was trying to keep my composure because I'm not sure what people can hear on the camera that people can hear at home. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder when we do, uh, when we do inside streaming. I wonder what people can hear. Yeah. But we laughed really hard um, at your line about the Saddleback. Yeah, I was talking about Saddleback, who mm -hmm. I said you may know because this last weekend they just ordained two women. <laughs> and then my my closing comment was. Congratulations from 1956. <laughs> Which the other What's, angle I wanted to come at this. Uh, do you think that that's off-putting? Um, it's a little snarky for sure. It is a little snarky, which is always surprising to me from you because I feel like you try not to be. Yeah, try not to be snarky. Um, off-putting. No. Well, for the record, listener, this is a. I think we've had this conversation on. Uh, on the podcast before about how like Josh is always <laughs> uh, confused when someone's like really self-congratulatory about being affirming of women because it's a long in well what a great question so was that a truant thing for you or were you like that's a good I think I was there a long 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 time ago because my dad would have women preach all the time oh really when I was a kid so growing up, it was like you saw women in the pulpit. Yeah. And in powerful positions in the church. Yeah, okay. So yeah, that's different, I think. Well, and... Um, I wonder if it's a lot a Southern thing then. I just feel like there are so many prominent, powerful women 
preaching and doing things this way. Maybe not in your Southern Baptist context, uh-huh. but in the world. Sure. So, like, um, here's the thing. Like, there became a time in my life where I could see the way that Christianity has siloed me, even though I didn't share the broader worldview. Uh-huh. So I, I stopped being surprised at certain things because I'm like, oh, I have the minority worldview. I have the work to do. Uh-huh. And I, so this is going back to, I've said it a few weeks now, I've been surprised by how well Dr. Barr's book is doing. Yeah. And the other one is that John Jesus and John Wayne. Um, not because they're not wonderful, magnificent books worth reading. Right. But just I'm surprised... It doesn't feel like new information to you. Yeah. Well, and it, that that sounds arrogant, but I thought we collectively had like already done this. Yeah. So this is you asked me, like, kind of about the nature of the snark, and yeah. and I said because I'm exhausted. Yeah. I am exhausted by people being in churches where we've been on the margins fighting for this stuff for 25 years and them having an awakening and supposed to be excited about it. <laughs> so it's like with the women thing. Newsflash! Homophobia is a problem too. Let me get ahead of you on that one. <laughs> and so is racism. So don't write a, read a damn book in 20 years where you're excited about it because I'm telling you right now, if your churches believe those things, that's a problem. <laughs> that's how I feel about this right now. I'm like, I am flabbergasted yeah. that people are having revelations that this is a problem. Yeah, I I do think that. I mean, I get that. I think um, <laughs> it is always crazy to me when someone is like, "Well, I think we've talked about this some. I think it's the messaging we talked about this actually with like you know loan forgiveness and also mm-hmm. with Israel Palestine that it's like I think the churches those churches that people are going to that are not affirming of women or where they are racist or homophobic. They're, that's not what they're saying. They're saying, we're a church where we love everyone and, and I, everyone is I'm welcome. I'm not trying to compliment myself, but it takes me all of t- five minutes on a website to figure all of that out. I know, but some of that is your training, right? Some of that is because you know that. Yeah, but there's a, I mean, it's, 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 we can all get there intuitively. There's certain stock language or certain things that I just know. I can walk in and hear a sermon on nothing relevant to any of those things, and I can walk out of the sermon knowing exactly what those people think about those subjects. Yeah. I'm with there, you. I there can do cues, that, too. And I guess you're right. Maybe that is from training. Yeah. And growing up in a church, like, with your dad. Do you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, it's like, so I think it's like, I mean, obviously... <laughs> It would be silly to sort of... Obviously, I think I experienced much more anger about things like this. But like... Um, but I think also it's... I mean, I get mad at that ignorance. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to want... I mean, like... Yeah, I think you're exactly right. You sort of have to want to live into that. Yeah. And then when it comes... When it becomes like the cool, popular thing to be talking about... Well, Everyone has a take I'm thinking, on it. This is probably how black people feel about everybody talking about race now. It's mm-hmm. almost exhausting to hear the revelation come. Well, yeah. And it's my experience, actually, that black people are incredibly, increasingly kind. <laughs> and I mean, sort of like, yeah, I'm not going to process this with you, but I'm at least glad you know. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's been my experience with my friends. And that's been really nice and it is just like I don't understand I don't I mean like because you know you'll have people who are like no our 
I say this as a, this was one of the reasons, and I think you had the same pause, but like becoming a children's pastor <laughs> at a church I knew wholly supported me as like a woman in ministry to do anything. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, it still was like one of those things where I was asking myself like, I mean, I had to talk myself all the way through it as far as like, I want to do children's ministry. I like children and I like the idea of forming children and families. And so I can take this job and feel not feel like I'm at this place where like I know that they would support me to preach and not feel like I'm like living into some kind of stereotype or whatever. But it is like, you know, people will say like, well, all, you know, our children's pastor is a woman and she's so great and she's like fully supported. And it's like, and could she preach? Like if she spoke in the pulpit on Sunday morning, would they call that a sermon or mm. what would they call that? Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like. And why the reluctance if there is any? Right. And What's why? the deeper issue? And if she couldn't, why not? Right? And yeah. And how do they explain that? Right. Exactly. Yeah. But, well, thanks. For, I think I just needed to do that and be done with it. Yeah. Okay. Taylor. Yeah. It's time for a quiz. Oh, yes. I feel like you move through emotions so much faster than me. Well, that's because I don't really feel them like you do. <laughs> um, okay. Here we go. Um, today, we are having a Pixar movie quiz. Where we simply see if I can name them. All of the Pixar movies. All of them are in order. Um, we can try and do an order. I don't think that'll work. I'll probably get close, though. I can get a lot. Okay. So I should say I have a prompt in front of me, which I'm going to show you now. It's just the years that the movies came out. So I have that. So I know kind of how many I should be looking for. Oh, okay. So I will start. Ready? Uh-huh. Okay. And I'm going to do the ones that had all the sequels first because that's easy. So okay. there's Toy Story. Yes. Two, three, four. Yes. Oh, no. Okay. Then there was the Cars. One, two, three. Okay. Then there was Monsters and Monsters U. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then the second one to come out was Bugs Life. Yes. The third one, the fourth one was Monsters. The third one was uh -huh. Toy Story 2. No. Wait, what did you say? Okay. So the first one was Toy Story. Second one was? Bugs Life. Okay. Then Toy Story 2. Yes. Then Monsters. Yes. Then was number five was Cars? No. Nope. Nemo? Finding Nemo. Then Incredibles. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Then, oh, there's a second Incredibles, too. This then is Nemo. No. You already no, said Nemo. Sorry, not Nemo. Then Incredibles, Nemo. Then um, Wally is eight? Nope. That is. Well, first of all, we're on seven. And also, no, Wally is not eight. And Wally's nine. Wally is nine. Eight was Ratatouille. Yeah. Seven was after Incredibles, Cars, you, and... Yeah. You already listed it. Oh, what was it? Well, you didn't say cars yet, but seven was cars. Yes, that all the car movies. You are yes, okay. exactly. All right, eight was that nine. Ten was up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Eleven was. Oh my gosh, up came out in two thousand nine. Yeah, it'll make you feel old. Um, is eleven a sequel? Yeah. Was it Toy Story three? It was yes. Then Cars two. Yep. This is amazing. Thank you. How are you doing this? I like Pixar. Okay. Um. Then was it Brave? It was. Then was it Inside Out? No. Good there, dinosaur. No. There's a sequel in there. Oh, uh, Monsters U? After Brave, Monsters U, yeah. Okay. Then, um, any of the ones on Good Dinosaur? Uh, no. I mean, you already said it, but okay. it was out of order before. Okay. Um, so it was Monsters U and then... Cars 3. 
No, it's not a sequel. Um, Inside Out? Yeah. Okay. And the, then... Um, Cars 3. Good Dinosaur. Yeah, The Good Dinosaur. Okay. Which I never saw. Is it good? That's the only one I've never seen, too. Oh, okay. Um, okay. What year was that? Does it say? The Good Dinosaur? Yeah. It was 2015. So there was another 2015 one. Um, was that Cars 3? Did I get no, Cars 3? it was Inside Out. Oh, okay. So 2016. Yeah, and that was 2016. Now I'm going to start backwards. The 2020 was Soul and Onward, right? Yeah. Okay, 2019. Where was Cars 3? Just tell me that so I can get that out of the way. 2017. 2019, that was Toy Story 4. Yeah. So 2016, there's two in 2017. What was the other one? No, there's one in 2018. No, I'm just thinking out loud. Oh. Um, <gasps> Sorry. Coco. Yes. Yeah. I gave it away with my face, I feel like. Okay, Coco was a good one. Yeah. 2017, there was another one. What did I miss so far? Oh, in, in 2017? Yeah. It's a sequel. Cars 3 and another sequel? Mm-mm. Cars 3 and Coco. Oh, the, what was 2018? You didn't say. No. It's a sequel. Um, Toy Story 4 was already done. Cars 3... It was the last sequel you remembered. Oh, Incredibles Part 2. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then in 2016, is that the only one I've left? Uh-huh. What came out that I'm missing? It's like technically a sequel. Monsters U? I give up. What? So fast? Well, it's another, technically it's a sequel. Yeah. Like it's not something something part two, but it is a sequel. Oh, Finding Dory. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's pretty good. I did good. That was really good. Thank that you. was amazing. What would you say your favorite Pixar movie is? Oh, I know this. Okay. Um, Great. I am torn. Probably Inside Out is the most powerful. Okay. My second favorite, though, is Ratatouille. Really? Yes. Did you see Ratatouille the musical? No. It was like a TikTok phenomenon. Okay. But you could like buy tickets to go see it okay. on the internet. That's cool. My favorite is Coco for sure. It's a great one. The color, the the actual physical thing to see is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And the story I think is so beautiful. Yeah. And me, I saw it with Bree and Kristen Howerton mm-hmm. before she was Kristen Howerton, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we all three like our shirts were wet by, <laughs> by the end of the movie. What what part is really emotive when he goes and plays in front of his grandmother at the end? Yeah. And she starts singing. Yeah, that was very... Ooh, I almost cried. Very tender. I almost cried right now. Okay. Whew. Well, Taylor, it's time for a word from our sponsor. A word from our sponsors. Josh. Yeah? We have a new place in town. Have oh you heard gosh. about this? Um, well, it depends what the place is. Oh, yeah. Do we have a bunch? Well, I'm acting like I don't know what the sponsor is. Okay. Start the commercial. Okay, great. It's so exciting. What is it? Do you like chicken? I do love chicken. Me too. We have a new place called Hawk's Hot Chicken. Oh my gosh. Have you been there? I've been there so many times already. Really? Is there a, uh, do you still have to wait in line? No, not really. My only critique of them is if there's any kind of drive through line problem, you're in the street. I know. That is a little scary. I only had to wait in the street how's, one how's time. How's the carny ratio at Hawk's? The carny ratio? How much you get for how much you pay? Um, I think it's really good. Okay. Um, you like you can get a couple of chicken tenders for just like 
a dollar and or two dollars and then you can like share fries and i think all their sides are really so is it like a a, my product that i order is it like something i would get from raising canes does it look like chick-fil-a does it look what does it look like yes it looks very much like raising canes so i'm getting tenders and some sauce and they also have uh like buffalo drumstick type things oh i would like that and they have um sandwiches but like in the like if you're if you cut your roll in half at Cane's mm-hmm. and then you put some chicken tenders inside the roll, that is what their sandwiches are Now, here's are a like. question I have for you that I doubt you'll know the answer to. Okay. Do you know if they carry Pepsi products or Coke products? Um, I have gotten lemonade, so I don't know the answer to that. I bet I can find that. that out on the internet. I bet you can find that out or on I the internet. Or I could call them. Yeah. Or you can call them. I have their phone number right here. Their phone number, my phone closed. Their phone number is... Two five four seven three zero seven six zero nine. So you could call them and ask them that. And um, the Hawks location, so people know, it's over kind of behind. It's over by campus. Fuego. It's in the old. Yeah, it's in the old Burger King that was over yeah. there. Technically, the the um, address is fifteen hundred North Interstate thirty five Frontage Road. So it's right there on the highway. It's so delicious. They have many different levels of seasoning. So you could get something really hot or you can get something pretty mild. Their chicken salt is very mild. So it's very delicious. I think it's very affordable. And here, you know what one of my favorite things is, is they have banana pudding for dessert and it's Mm. very 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 good well i have to put that on the list but everything is good the chicken's great the fries are great they have some queso fries you can order that are really great you know i'm going to lunch tomorrow i mean edwards maybe i'll ask i mean edwards okay first of all salt in the wound all right um but yes uh maybe you can do that so that's hawks chicken eatery over (laughs) off that address you just mentioned yeah on that phone number that Hawks you Hot Chicken. Yeah. It's very delicious. You should all go support a new local restaurant. Wait, local? Yeah. I thought it was not a chain. A chain. No. It's not a chain? It's not. Oh, no. I'm going. Oh, also, you, I don't think you can sit inside yet, so maybe you shouldn't go there with any. But you could take your food to the park or something. Why do you look confused? <laughs> no, that was I was waiting for the commercial to be over so we can cut and go back to the show. Oh, okay, great. It's delicious. You should go. And Taylor, we are back now. <laughs> yeah, we are. Here we are. Taylor, do you know why <laughs> I'm talking to you like this? Oh, yeah, because of what we're going to talk about. What is our subject today? You called it something specific. I can't remember. I called it futurism. Futurism. The church and futurism. The church and futurism. Now, don't hang up if you're a regular listener and be like, Bleh, I hate nerds. I'm not listening today. <laughs> this is going to be riveting. It's something I'm interested in. Why are you laughing? Because that's just a funny thing. Uh, to that's say. how I treat podcasts. So I'm like, eh, no, not I don't need this one. Oh, okay. So here's the. It's the, hard for me to quit things here, once I've started. There's a a thing called transhumanism. Uh huh. And this thought is that you could map a human neuron firing thinking being brain mm-hmm. onto a computer chip. Yeah. That's a gross brief description. Um, sure. And then you could yeah, put that computer chip into a system, and, and that. Essentially, like, save that person. Yeah, they would be sentiently existing on a computer database. There's been a couple of um, shows that have have dealt with this in an interesting way. One of them, there's an episode that actually won an Emmy or an Oscar, I don't remember what it was, of um, Black Mirror, which is just the most cerebrally wonderful show that I can't recommend because it's also so dark. show is so scary. Have you watched that? No, because it seems too scary. Gosh, there's few shows that, like, I'm just on the edge of my seat the whole time I'm interested. But um, it's these... 
these lovers that meet up in what turns out to be like a cyber world. But you don't know that till the end when Mm -hmm. one goes and visits the other who's like still in her body about to die. Oh. Because you can like get on the thing anytime you want. Okay. Right? Yeah. Think of like um, Ready Player One. You could get in the cyber world anytime. But then like some people exist there fully because they don't have a body anymore. So at the end of the show, the like one person that's fallen like goes and visits her in real life because she's like on hospice dying. Oh, okay. Um, but you don't know what's the end. It's just wild. So are they both still alive, though? Um, well, this is why this is also fascinating. Okay. Because um, the one lady, the the lover, it's it's lesbians, doesn't oh. know if she wants to make the commitment, and here's why. Because in her previous, like her real life, uh-huh. her husband and child have already died, oh. and she doesn't want to be eternally conscious without them. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, so it's like that kind of... At some point, once you're in the thing, can you be like contact someone and say, like, I don't want to be this anymore? Well, then um, there's another shot okay. of this thing, and it's like the future of even that moment. Uh-huh. And it's just like these micro or these robot arms moving these chips around on a huge, like, kind of matrixy thing, right? Now uh-huh. everybody's just a chip. Right. And so I guess you could tell the computers... But you're really at the hands of AI in every possible way then because you are if right and, and really this can't be mortality because um, the earth is going to spin off into oblivion at some point right uh, yeah probably um, so unless there's an adjustment into what we know about natural physics this isn't an eternal thing it's just a very 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 billions of years kind of thing um, oh, man so the interesting thing then is let's say first of all I, I'm still not convinced that if you could map me onto a computer chip, that it's really me. Well, it feels to me, <laughs> what a strange uh, correlation I'm making, but it feels to me like the um, headmaster portraits at Hogwarts or like sort of pic- pictures of people who are in the magical world. Do you know what I mean? Where like they can still talk to you even after they're dead. But the understanding is it's like not really quite them in those portraits, even if. Like, yeah, I had wondered about that because I remember, of course, when Dumbledore dies, uh-huh. she addresses that. Well, he because he does a lot of advising of Snape in that like last book. Okay. There's like a conversation. He's the one who tells. But Harry him. wants to just go talk to him, and he can't because somebody says he's not really there. No, that's serious. Oh, is it serious? Yeah. Okay, but I also remember, and I haven't read those books since I read them the first time. Like somebody saying the Dumbledore, like Dumbledore sleeping in his picture. Yeah, that is what's happening at the end. Or that's what's happening, I think, at the end of book six when Harry's, like, leaving the school. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, but I read a, or I listened to a podcast about it, and it's, like, you, the, it's what sort of what um, is understood is that, like, those portraits are more than just, like, the ones in the hallways or whatever. Like, it's, like, they have more of a person imbued within them um somehow magically or whatever um than like a normal portrait but also it's still not like the person you know what i mean well have you ever seen the movie the prestige directed by christopher nolan yes with christian bale and his twin christian bale and hugh jackman (laughs) um okay yeah he's the competing musician or magician magician yeah do you remember the big reveal at the end Mm, that he has a twin well, that's what you learn about 
Christian Bale. But do you remember Hugh Jackman does the trick where he falls into the water thing? Uh-huh. And then you see him and he's like standing in the back of the auditorium at the end. Oh. And it's because he's, uh, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the movie, yeah. he's using Nikola Tesla's technology to recreate himself. Okay. But what you don't understand until the end is that that version of himself every that new falls version of himself. into the water dies every time. Oh, wow. And so like at the last thing, there's hundreds of these water tanks with his dead bodies in oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the question is, sort of metaphysically, does this new re part Articulated version of himself, of course, feels like he's that person. Right. But were, was every previous version of him actually killed? And those are all dead now. Right. Um, there's a, this is getting too far, but there's a book I read called Recursion. Uh huh. And um, it deals with the same thing. Interesting. So. Well, I read a book when you were speaking about um, like how this would not be immortality because the world will spin out. Uh huh. I read a book where um, the thing that happened is not that the world spun out, but that um, the center of gravity broke in the world. Okay. And so every day, one, so the consequences of that in this book are that every day the world starts spinning like more slowly. Mm-hmm. And every day and night get longer and longer and longer until it's like... The world stops spinning? Uh-huh. Huh. Technically, I think if anybody's interested, we actually die first because the sun expands and swallows us up. Okay. If anybody cares. Well, what? yeah, so what happened in this book is eventually it's like day was like, um, you know, went from being like days of daylight to months of daylight. And because then, the world would still be rotating around the sun even if it's um, not spinning. Yeah. So you'd well, have six just, months. But at first it's just spinning. It just kept getting slower, the spinning. Right. Um, like Mercury, right? Right, yeah, exactly. The backside of Mercury is really cold. Right, exactly. And so, and also apparently it like broke the electromagnetic fields. Hmm. So, well, it sounds like everybody's going to die then. Yes. That's crazy. And people started getting like sun poisoning and actually going crazy. Oh, I believe that. Just from the sun. I believe that. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the sun, so. That's a crazy thing you're saying. Um, but that's a little different than. Yes, in, in definitely. Than our topic. So the question for Christianity there, because there's Christian, Christian transhuman stuff. Okay. But it's like if you could map yourself on a thing and have a sentient sense of being alive, mm-hmm. would you need a resurrection? Right. And then what about people with Al- Alzheimer's? I don't think I'd want it. Um, pe- what about people with Alzheimer's? Sorry, what's the question? Well, like what version of their brain gets mapped onto the... Right. Like if you already are suffering from the disease. Yeah. Is it possible and to go? This raises begs the question: Like, uh, what does it mean to be human? Right. Which in that first season of um, Westworld they deal with. Right. Is they're ah. trying to mimic humanity. Westworld. It's like a combination of memory, a few things. But if your memory is different, are you a different person? Right. Crazy questions. What a weird show Westworld was. Yeah, I got kind of lame this last season. Yeah. First two seasons I was there for. Yeah. First season was amazing. Yeah. And they were doing this, what does it mean to human stuff? Yeah. Um, well, what do you think? Would you like it? Would you want it? Well, the the temptation is like the relational thing, right? Like if you had a terminally ill loved one right. that you didn't want to let go, would you want to map them on something and be able to communicate with them still? 
fucking yeah what do you think yeah i think i'd feel that way especially if it was a child right but it's like do i really have them and this is we've talked about like how important body is in christianity right and what you do with body yeah and so um man there's there's another episode of black mirror that i just can't even bring up so awesome that show's so awesome oh i can't watch it you could and it should I will say, um, the la- the very last episode, I think there's like five seasons, I was like haunted. Yeah. In a way that I was haunted after I watched The Road and I, couldn't sleep. I watched like a like trailer for that episode with Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, that one was pretty lighthearted. What? No. And I was haunted by that trailer. The like, the like thing? Yeah. I mean, that's just the world we live in, Facebook. No, that is not it yet. But I think it will be eventually. Yeah. So here, listener, um, you kind of, we all are digital everything. So we have chips in our brain or whatever. And you, people rate you all the time. And so you have like a, a constantly evolving rating. That yeah. The rating gives you access to certain perks in life. Like you can stay in nicer hotels and yeah. nicer apartments if you have a higher rating, lower rating. So it's very judgmental world. Yikes. It's wild. Um, I read a book like that one time. You know, it's a three. I'm here for that. No, it seems so horrible. Okay. I, yeah, I don't think I would want it. And I think part of being human, oh man, I don't know. I don't know. This is so crazy. I think it would, you would want it if it felt normalized, but if it didn't feel normalized, you wouldn't. That's true. That's definitely true. Like, it's like anything else. At the beginning, there would probably be a lot of people that would be like, no, you know, I don't need to do that or we don't need to do that or whatever. But then the more people do it, the more people do it. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Um, so Dak Shepard, uh-huh. they do um, a sub-series like basically in conspiracy theories. Okay. And they did one recently on whether or not we live in a simulation. Uh-huh. Do we? Well, I always say this. Okay. I'm always just like, just in case simulators, this is a simulation. Uh-huh. Here's some changes I would like to see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's like prayer in the simulation. Yeah. Like, just slip me the winning lottery ticket. Just, you gotta, just let me know. I'll live out the simulation. Yeah. I'm fine with living out the simulation, but can you give me some perks? Yeah. Um, yes. That's how I talk to the government officials on my phone. I'm like, hey, everything's cool, government officials. I, But I do hate this one thing. Or sometimes I'll be like mm-hmm. complaining about Joe Biden and I'm like, but in a nonviolent way, I feel those things <laughs> just so they know that I'm yeah. not trying to do anything bad. Um, I had another question I wanted to ask you about the simulation. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, here's the thing. Okay. And let's say the simulation's real. Okay. Are you the only person who's actually like sentient in the simulation and everything around you, like me talking to you about the simulation right now, is simulated? I don't or know. am I also alive and sentient in the simulation and we're just interacting in the simulation? Like it's the Sims or something. Do you make, does it make sense as a question? Yeah. Because it's like the Truman Show yeah. where you're like the only one who's actually not on on the gig. Or it's the Sims. Yeah. Which one? Which one seems more plausible to you in the world well, we live in? I'm not part of the simulation. No, if we are though, which one are you? No, I'm saying I'm not conscious of being part of the simulation. That's the trick of the simulation. That's so, how good the AI is. So, so then I guess the question is like, what are you? Are you part of the conscious of being part of the simulation? I'm not conscious of it, but maybe, maybe the sim creators dropped us the matrix. 
I think we're in The Sims if it's a Sims. Then they dropped us the Truman Show. This is <laughs> okay. their way of doing For irony. The record, in the, the Truman Show, I think has. I think we are. I think we are all messed up as a people now after seeing the Truman Show because everyone is like a little bit in the back of your mind. You're like, I'm in the Truman Show. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I think it's like we all. It's like we are all sort of all the time being like. Am I in the Truman Show right Have now? Have you seen Pleasantville? Yes. Another one of those wild things. Where the color comes the, all of a sudden? Yeah, I think the, the simulation people mm-hmm. are planting these movies and then there's narratives to yeah. slowly awaken us to the facts so that it's not so jarring when we Do they want us to know we're in the simulation? I think that's part of the experiment. To see when we can figure it out? Well, um, to awaken us to the goal of the simulation thing like maybe this is I can't remember if Dax and them speculated about this, but it's um maybe they're like doing the global warming experiment to see if we're ready for the real world. Like, can we set them free into the real world? Okay, okay. So that's like those Divergent books. <laughs> oh, this has been done. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Well, it's like they find out at some point in the books that they are part of an experiment. Like, see, I think like obviously maybe the book is also from the simulation. Yeah, that's, no, it's a plant from the simulation. <laughs> get you ready for the simulation awakening <laughs> i'm telling you oh my gosh those books were bad the first one was good um but, but this is kind of the thing is like what becomes religion if futurism is true all this stuff if we can't if we do eventually move into a world where like you can put some or if we already are mapped on the thing and this is the thing they're awakening like what this is the simulation yeah i'm still gonna hold on to the things i got yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? You have to admit this, though. Yeah. If it is a simulation, I know so many people have hard, devastating lives. Mm-hmm. But The Sim also gave us Beethoven. Sure. And Mozart. Yeah. And Picasso. Yeah. And Mountain Dew. Yeah. And... The that, Texas Hill Country. Yeah, yeah. The Rockies. The Texas Hill Country is beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. I just think it's like... The, I think you bronze. have you haven't been to the right places. I think there's no place in Texas that can compare with the Rockies. Mountains don't do it for me. Okay, what's what does it for you? Rivers? The Texas Hill Country. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I'm gonna move you to northern to, Canada in the simulation. No. Today's a funny day, I think. I hope people like it. Well, this may be. They're like, yeah, they should take oh, a break. Or like, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> Thank God the summer's Go coming. Away. Can I remove my review? <laughs> All right, uh, listeners, that's our cue. Yeah. We didn't really solve the religious futurism stuff. What would you do what? if we're on? If we're in a simulation? I would like Katniss Everdeen shoot an arrow at the roof to blow it up. Okay. And be like, hey, I figured it out. Send me a lottery ticket. Like, I want to max. That's our relationship now is I that figure. You, you reward me because I figured out that we're in yeah. the simulation. Yeah. Okay. okay. I think, too, I remember when I saw The Matrix as a very impressionable 17-year-old. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I kind of want this to be true. I remember a lot. I, it felt like a lot of my guy friends were very like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, we, this is a true fact. I wanted to be able to download jujitsu and jump from buildings. <laughs> it's like I wanted ultimate reality to be deeper than I knew. Yeah. I want, yeah. That's why that take which pill do you want to take church illustration became so popular. Uh-huh. Because we all want that. We all want to take, we all want there to be a pill choice. Yeah, We're but like there, there kind of is. 
Yeah, you can, you know what you can, the pill choices? What? You can get a MyFans account and, and make $100,000 oh no. a month. No, I think it's like, especially now, cultural Christianity is such a thing that like, if you really actually choose to live oh, your life, like the way that, you know, sort of the gospel of Jesus Christ prescribes, it's, um, what was that book? It's radical. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Isn't that a Francis Chan book or something? Uh, yeah, there is, I think. So it was somebody, some book I read in college that seemed like very eye-opening. No, but, that's true. If you sold your possessions and started walking the streets, yeah, you'd have a pill-swallowing experience real quick. Right. No, that's true. But also, even if you don't do that, it's like it still is like, you know, I've talked to some about some friends I'm or a friend I'm working with right now. And it just is like the concerns are so different. You know yeah. what I mean? So. You know what it is? is these, I'm a geriatric millennial. Uh-huh. So these younger millennials and Gen Zers with their wild sexual ethics again. Yeah. That's what it is. Just their, just their wild sexual ethics? They have my, my counts. My fans. Oh, my fans. <laughs> and they have um, <laughs> just, we don't think about the world the same way I've decided. Uh, no, I don't think so because they are for social safety nets. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. That was a great summary of the episode. All right. Okay. Well, it's been fun. Yeah. It's been, we'll get some reviews on this one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Friends, thanks for tuning in. We will hear from you in the future. Bye.